guys thanks so much again for tuning in to another episode of the teacher cast my name is Hayley I'm a second year PME student and I am really appreciative of everyone that listens to this podcast on a weekly basis I would really appreciate if you could go over um, to the rate button on Spotify and give this podcast a rating I think we've had nearly about 15 people so far so hopefully by the time this comes out because I don't anticipate this episode will come out until closer to March um so yeah hopefully more people have headed over to the rate button and um has given this podcast a rating and I appreciate it so so much as well as that there will be a question or a poll on this episode so also get involved with that because that also helps inform you know future uh, conversations to be had with different guests but today I am joined by the lovely journey of a primary principal Teresa how are you today Teresa I'm great. Thanks so much, Hayley, for inviting me on. Um, It's really lovely to be here. So thank you. No worries at all. I'm absolutely delighted for you to join me today in a discussion all about community national schools, which we'll delve into a little bit further in the episode. Teresa, tell me um, about yourself. Like, I know you're a principal now, but I suppose, did you always want to be a principal? And before principalship, like, how long were you a teacher for? Um, so I suppose I'll start at the start. I graduated way back in 2001 from Mary wow. I, and uh, it seems like a long time <laughs> ago now. And I got a permanent job in the first school that I worked in. So I went straight wow. in and I worked in that school for 15 years. It was a large school and I had the best time. I was so happy there. Um, lot, it, was, it was, I suppose, a lot of my social life and a lot of my contacts. Mm-hmm. I met my husband through a girl I worked there. Oh, my um, God. It, yeah, it was, um, I really, really adored my school. Um, but I've been there for 15 years and a new school opened in my locality here and it opened with just three children. And oh I just happened to pop in on my walk one day. I met the principal and I popped in to see. She was in a little meeting room. And as soon as I spoke to her about the ethos of the school and I suppose what it stood for, it kind of, I suppose, some, it sparked an interest in my in my head. Okay. So, yeah. So I took a big risk and I left my permanent job for a fixed term developing post, which oh wasn't guaranteed past the end of September. But there was something inside of me, I suppose, saying like, this is different. You know, this is something special. Yeah. So... I joined here in 2016 mm-hmm. and so I joined and I I, I net being a principal was never part of my life plan ever Haley. but yeah. I did think I was like okay two teachers I might be DP you know yeah there's opportunity here um but I had no sooner joined the school and I heard that the principal who was there was expecting and she was going to be going on mat leave so I'd have to act up and I suppose that principal that I worked with she was absolutely amazing and showed me a new form of leadership. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I worked there for four months and I learned so much in the four months that I was with her. And I can go into that a bit later. Yeah. But um, so she went on mat leave and then just as it happened, moved back up to Leinster. And I suppose the opportunity then arose. Mm-hmm. Would I be interested in going for principalship at the school? And I was really, it was a very difficult decision for me yeah. because... I, so I felt that a leader looked very different to what I was. Right. So I had three kids. They were quite young at the time. I was not what I would have regarded as a traditional looking principal. principal. Yeah. But I sat with it and I actually met my previous principal and I asked him, what will I do? And he said, if you don't go for this, somebody else is going to come and take your little school and do what they think should happen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said I would go for it. Um, and I mean... 
at that time, I didn't know what a community national school was. Before <laughs> yeah. I applied for the job, I had never heard of one. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So it was a really steep learning curve and applied for principalship. I was successful. And at the time, there were 45 children in the school. And now we have 308. Um, it's grown exponentially since then. Oh and God. 25 of us on the staff. And it's a very different place to what I joined. Mm-hmm. But I am so happy I made the move. Yeah. You know, even though it was right out of my comfort zone and I was so happy where I was, it's been a life changing experience for me, I would say. Wow. So, yeah. So I suppose prior to you getting into the community national school, um, you know, what kind of ethos school were you in prior to that? Was it a Catholic school? It was school? a Catholic school. And I never questioned the Catholic ethos. It was I, I, I think everybody who every teacher in Ireland, as far as I can see, provi- does their best to provide a very you know, to provide equality in their classroom and to respect diversity. So I did that to the best of my ability in my Catholic school. But in the Community National School, it was a whole new, it was just a learning curve because I'll talk to you a little bit about what a Community National School is, I suppose. Um, But, and there's a whole, there was a whole journey involved in the Community National School model as well. Mm -hmm. So what we've gone very quickly into this now that's okay so, we get into yeah. discussions fast that's what that's what tends to happen <laughs> so um i suppose community national schools are state-owned schools so okay. whereas you know you'd have i think 96 percent of the schools in ireland their patron is the catholic the church, catholic church yeah. and then you also have you know you'd have Gwail Scullina and mm-hmm. some of them are with different patrons and you have educate together mm-hmm. there are other schools there are muslim schools and jewish schools but then Community national schools, our patron are the ETBs. So my okay. patron is Cork ETB. So ETB that's standing state, for? Yeah. Oh, education and training boards. Education training board. Okay. So okay. the education training boards traditionally were linked with, and I'm going to give you Cork examples, but I, there are Dublin examples too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, just, I do think this is great because like I obviously had to do my re- religion certificate. So yeah. I did that last summer and like all of this, it was like 50 hours of learning about religion, but also how it ties into the schools. But like it was so much information at the time and mm-hmm. it's the, the, it was the height of summer. So now that you're breaking this down and, you know, people can digest a podcast and actually listen to it in their own time, in the comfort of their bed or going for a walk or if they're driving, I think this is quite nice. And it's so informal as well, which is really good. Like that, this is the whole reason I set up this podcast was so that we could have these kind of chats and break it down and take it at a pace where you know people can really listen and understand so I really appreciate it well and yeah asking those questions are important yeah so uh ETBs were traditionally I think associated with second level so a lot of the community colleges in Ireland would be education training board patron and also they have third level and they have further education so it's new enough for um ETBs to be involved in primary education but mm-hmm. what happened was back in I think 2010 the first community national school was open because um it was in Dublin um school column and it was because there was there were children who didn't have the space they didn't mm-hmm. have a place to go to school but the model of the CNS model has evolved an awful lot since then so when when community national school started first um in an in an attempt I suppose to be to cater for everybody there was so at gmgy time so our patrons program is called gmgy so instead of whereas you might do grow in love in a catholic school we do goodness me goodness you and in an educate together you would do learn together i think yeah that sounds right that's 
and at that time back then you divided up into your your separate religious groups but mm -hmm. of course it didn't work very well we tried i think it was tried for a few years by the time i came on board in 2016 we had really made the decision that you know it's not good to segregate people according to religion for their half hour and mm. a new curriculum was drawn up and that's the one that i'll talk about here today yeah so it's goodness me goodness you and it's a multi-denominational approach to inclusion and i suppose that's what's really really important for us there are core values that we we really keep to the center of what we're doing in cns so there is like excellence in education equality care mm -hmm. but i suppose underpinning it all is this multi-denominational approach yeah so what you're trying to do is create a community within your school where everybody feels equally valued so that's what gmgy is about it's our patrons program that instead of me say standing at the top of a classroom yeah. and giving one truth and talking about like one aspect of like of a religion it. or like saying this is what i believe as a catholic and you know teaching it to the class and then there might be people in the class who do or who believe it or don't believe it but can take so aspects from every religion that's it. well what you're doing is there's a there's a big emphasis on family projects okay. and that means that you take maybe celebrations mm -hmm. and instead of the teacher leading all of the learning about celebrations children go home with their, their their projects and they talk to their family about what celebrations are important in their families. So, okay. you know, some classes in our school have lots of diversity and some don't. Yeah. But by the same token, we have a lot of um, families in Ireland who were raised Catholic, but may not go to mass anymore. They don't and they practice may it. Consider yeah. Them, yeah, not not practicing. And it's difficult sometimes that to, I suppose, to fall out of what is tradition. Mm -hmm. So because in our schools, um, communion and confirmation takes place outside of school hours, right. we do find that some parents say, do you know what, we actually don't go to mass every Sunday. And it's a little bit easier to step away from communion and confirmation when it's not happening during school time. Mm -hmm. It okay. all happens afterwards. And what you have is a lot of really interesting con conversations during GMGY where children are sharing what's important in their families. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to teach children about, you know, Eid, the children in my class who celebrate it can bring it from home and tell us all about it you, and their yeah. parents can come in and talk to us about it and we have a cultural celebrations calendar mm. which we work through and we have different celebrations that we celebrate every year but i suppose what we're saying is that this is a school for everybody yeah and if everybody in your class is catholic then we'll talk a lot about easter but if there are other other religions in the class everybody mm. gets i suppose equal time to talk about what they believe in and that's what i think has made a difference here because it, i met one of my teachers there in the staff room mm -hmm. and i said i'm just going on there to talk to Haley about community national schools and i said what is good about teaching here and because she had taught in other schools before and she said really for her she felt that the children just expect that that everybody is different. And when they come together, they're looking for their commonalities. They're looking yeah. for the things they have in common, as opposed to when something different comes in, pointing out that that's different. Yeah. So there's just a sense of, um, I suppose, celebration of the individual. I love that. Just um, you were saying like, you know, I, I, I find it really good that there's jigsaw learning and people are coming in from different um 
you know, re- religious uh, backgrounds and they're able to share what they have with each other. So it's like jigsaw learning, really. And I, I do think that's that's really great. I just have a question just um, like, would they would you do religious art? So like, say, coming up to Christmas, like, would you would they draw the nativity scene to celebrate Christianity and then put that on the wall? Because I I don't think they would do something like that, say, in an educate together. They'd keep a very much a snowman santa claus mm-hmm. maybe maybe a christmas tree but they wouldn't put an angel maybe on the top they might put a star i mm-hmm. don't know maybe i'm i'm totally wrong but like all of this is you know new to me no it's not at all like i think what the, what the approach we take so we have a cultural calendar and that celebrates different festivals yeah. so sorry just on the gets... calendar is that a calendar that all cns schools follow or just your school that is set up well what we have see there's great support in cns so we have principals meetings and we do we get together for sharing of best practice right so um we have an ethos coordinator who's it's her job wow no it's absolutely amazing um there's great support for us as a school um so yes i don't know if every school has it but certainly it's been like it's been discussed at these and i took it from a different school and we adapted it we adapted it to make sure that Christmas, so we celebrate cultural festivals. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas as a cultural festival happens every year in our school. We always have a tree. We Any Christmas season that we play, we would keep it to the non-religious songs. Okay. But if it's the year to learn about Christmas in the, in the calendar, then we would go into the nativity and we'd explain this is what okay. Christians believe and talk about that whole story just the way we would look into Ramadan. Okay. Would, so, so would yeah. it be by specific year group then? Like you have say like first class they learn all about, you know, um Islam. Second class they learn all no, about yeah, Christianity. Yeah, we have we have a four year cycle. So okay. they do it once in the first four years and then another time in the second. Oh, uh, like the junior years yeah. and the senior yeah, years. I like that's that. That's how it works. Yeah. I suppose it would be we do probably we put up our Christmas tree only two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. Um because not all of our children celebrate Christmas and but we still like I think in general that whole awareness that everybody's celebrations look a little bit different. One thing that struck us this year was um, the Late Night Toys show. Mm. And this isn't about religion, this is more about culture, but it's all part of the kind of thinking that we're, I suppose, encouraged to do as a you CNS. You foster it, yeah. Yeah, because I was going into the classes, um, it was a Friday, so I was doing Principal's Awards, and I was saying, who's watching the toy show? And I realised after a couple of classes that there were lots of children in our class who don't speak English as a first language at home, whose mm. parents don't have access to Irish television. Right. So they would have Polish satellite or, you know, maybe Lithuanian channels, yeah. and they'd never heard of the Late Late Toy Show. Wow. So we had a chat with the staff afterwards saying it's probably important not to go in with the assumption that everybody is experiencing the same life that we had growing up. And mm. it's important to say, this is the Late Late Toy Show. It is a show that's on this channel and some of us will watch it as mm. opposed to saying Toy Show Night Tonight, you know? Yeah. So that kind of, I suppose, deeper awareness of the fact that Ireland now is so different to Ireland when I was going to primary yeah, school. Yeah, same with me. I mean, like, I don't remember my teachers going into detail about, you know, who was the, I forget who was the, was it Pat Kenny? Is that his name? Pat Pat Kenny. Kenny, yeah. is that the guy who <laughs> was, was? yeah yeah like I there was no talk about that to be honest with yeah. you it was more formal school school yes, wasn't exactly. um somewhere where we celebrated the late late toy show do you know 
<laughs> like yeah. it was a huge chat because I was working in like I was subbing in schools coming up to Late Late Toy Show and I'm seeing Ryan Doherty's face on all these jumpers and I'm like this is so weird like we yeah. I had none of this when I was you know growing up and I don't think I don't think we needed to be aware either certainly not when I was in school very different to when you were in school Hayley there's a, there's a couple of decades in the difference yeah. but everybody when I was in school was fighting Irish everybody so you know yeah. our children are having they were afforded a really great opportunity to see more of the world and mm. to be with children who are being brought up in a different way to them yeah so trying to facilitate that discussion and to encourage it and to encourage openness and I suppose the fact that what we're trying to achieve is that every child who comes in the gate every morning feels appreciated and loved for who they are mm. whatever that happens to be yeah. so no one faith or value or nationality is valued over the others and that's what I think CNS has stand for that's really important yeah like so have you taught or have you ever been in educate together because I'd love to know you know what your you know comparisons that you've made mm-hmm. Between the I've two. never taught an educate together um, and it's very difficult to pick out the differences um, I've spoken so we have an educate together now here and it's absolutely the most it's the most amazing school fabulous and I would say an awful lot more in common than different if that makes sense yeah. I think um, for multi-d schools generally um, we're it's, it's just very much in the same vein and a lot of multi-d schools are developing so yeah. that's another that's another facet to it. Mm-hmm. So I'll come back to the developing school part in a minute. But in terms of the differences, from what I can see, both are multi-denominational. I think the Learn Together program looks absolutely fabulous. So mm-hmm. probably it's the same idea about celebrating each child as an individual as opposed to one truth. I think community national schools wear uniforms. Okay. And I think most community national schools, except I think we might be the exception, use Mr. and Mrs. when you're addressing the teacher. We use Moon Tour in our school. Okay. Whereas I think a lot of educate together go on first name basis with yes. the staff. Oh, so in your so, school be Moon Tour and your surname? No, no, Moon oh, Tour Teresa. Okay. Right. Sort of like a grade school, but uh, it was that was how when when I joined first day, the principal who was there was going by first name because her background was educated together. And right. I came in and she said, Are you come through that? And I was like, a little bit. I'd come yeah. from being this calling. For 15 years. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's um, a change. We went for a compromise with the moon tour. But generally, I think they're the practical differences. And I suppose our, our patron being Cork ETB, that's different because they run a lot of the school for me. Yeah. So Cork ETB have a finance department and a legal department and an wow. IT department and compliance. So that's run centrally. And I just have to worry about the school. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I've, I've not subbed in an in um cn cns school um but i have subbed in an educate together school and i was jumping from educate together to a catholic school and there are huge differences in my opinion anyway just like the uniform how they address you i find that children have a lot more power in an educate together school um which i don't know if i'm all for just because I feel like as the teacher, you're there to teach, um, you know, like you're there to teach and like facilitate. Um, and I found, and it could have been just because I was subbing, I wasn't the class teacher. So yeah. it's hard for me to judge really based off of a few weeks. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I really, um, I felt comfortable. I felt like every flaw or, you know, anything that you maybe feel uncomfortable with was accepted. 
mm-hmm. which was really nice feeling. Yeah, I suppose, as I said, I've never worked in Educate Together, but I do think that every school is different anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, different it Catholic schools or different um, Educate Togethers or community national schools might have slightly different ways of approaching things. But certainly for us, I think that we that what we see is that we've taken on staff who worked in CNSs in Dublin mm-hmm. and then we're moving to Cork because they're from Cork and they all come back in the end. Yeah. Um, and we saw such a difference. So as a developing school, you are constantly bringing in more staff and there is that, that change, especially if staff have worked in a Catholic school, there is that like, I suppose we go through a, a period of explaining what it is we stand for and, you know, explaining how to deal with difficult conversations. Whereas yeah. we did find that any staff that came from CNS and they came from different CNSs, there was yeah. definitely um, an understanding. They came knowing what we needed to know. And that's not just the multi-D side of it. It's the developing school part too, mm. because all CNSs uh, started small and grew really quickly. So yeah. there's this, um, we have the opportunity to, you're not trying to unwrite any old habits or you're not trying to use old textbooks. You go straight into what we would hope then would be best practice. So you're going straight into, right, you know, how are we going to do guided reading? We start with ready, set, go and maths. You know, we never had a textbook in junior infants for maths, which is mm-hmm. brilliant. Whereas I know I speak to colleagues who might have teachers who've been teaching in the school for 20 years and they're saying, oh, but we can't get rid of that because we've always had it. So a lot of the community national schools are new. Mm. So it's full of, there seems to me full of very young, very passionate teachers like yourselves coming out of college with all of the ideas. Mm -hmm. And there are no structures in place that have to be changed to put in those good ideas. Mm -hmm. So they can be challenging places to work because there is a lot of work in setting up a school, but intensely rewarding because everything is possible yeah i love that just um the the curriculum itself like where can people access that yeah goodness me goodness news online so okay. it's it's available online it's the document itself is small and because what, what it's a framework document it was actually written by the ncca so the ncca don't write um you know they don't write curricula for just anybody yeah so we were really really lucky in that and you know, in part, but there, there are four kind of strands in Goodness Me, Goodness You. Yeah. So there's a My Stories strand, which is like we take stories from all around the world and from lots of different cultures and we use those to learn. Love that. There's, there's We Are a CNS. So what does being a community national school mean? And that's really, really exploring the fact that we believe that everybody is special and that it doesn't yeah. matter where you come from. There's a thinking time. So that's philosophy. So it's, it was the first curriculum to bring philosophy into the primary school classroom. And it's wow. amazing when you give children the space to um, to challenge themselves and to think aloud and to take time to sit with what would happen if there was no number five, yeah. the things that they come out with. And then you have your beliefs and religions. So yeah. it's beliefs and religions are just a quarter of what we explore, but through the rest of it, um, there's an awful lot of room for like, I suppose the children to discover linkage within it, within the yeah. subject. And I would say Haley, that, that GMGY is a very small part of what a CNS is about mm. because it's actually the just the way the school is. Yeah. So, and I think that I think some of our parents mightn't even know GMGY or have you know they've mm-hmm. done the projects at home, but it's just so much more so about the level of 
effort being made to be inclusive, mm-hmm. say with English as an additional language or, um, you know, communication is very open. Yeah. So I think that's all part of it as well. I find it interesting you say there about the philosophy, because like when you're studying as a teacher, like you do a philosophy part in like your foundations bit of, of education and it's like what does it mean to be a good teacher and it's like uh I don't know like you never so it was the first time I've ever experienced philosophy in my entire life yeah. like obviously you would in other ways like oh like but not like directly being taught that you yes. know well what, it, what it's about is I think our, our curriculum is overloaded yeah and it's to give children space to be critical yeah. and to think critically about things and that's yeah. probably how we try to approach all of our subjects as well mm-hmm. but to give children the space and the structure to start to think a little bit more deeply about the things that affect them yeah. and we find i don't know like i have my youngest son is here with me and i find him to be so much more of a questioner than my other children because he's given an awful lot of space to like just just to discuss things. And I suppose the time that I might have spent in the past on Noah's Ark and, you know, stories from the Bible Mm -hmm. and other things that I was doing, we now have time to put our energy into just a different way. Yeah. You know, and Um, I just think it is, I think, I think Ireland is moving in the right direction. I think that we need to balance. I think there are always going to be Catholic schools in Ireland, but I do think that Everyone should be afforded a choice. Yeah, we need choice. Totally. Just you mentioned there earlier in the episode about a developing school. What does it mean like when you say developing school? So the technical um, the technical term means that you are growing by a class or more than a class every year. Mm -hmm. So it's like an allocations thing in terms of teachers. But for us, what it meant was when I joined, there were 45 children and there was an SNA here and two of us. So Every year then, so we we took in 54 junior infants my first year, the second, when, my, when I was principal, say. So we had two new classes coming. I'm in temporary accommodation, so I needed to organize two classrooms. I needed, I got my first SET was allocated, so I had to, we took on five teachers that year. Um, we had to organize everything like we took on a secretary and i had never i suppose yeah no it's it's and every year there are more things to consider where do people park how do they drive to the school so like we went from 49 40 45 to 99 students in like two months so you know every single little detail has to be thought out i was with my secretary in the office and i was like what like, what do we do? Because because I had been in such a large school before, I did have an AP2, but I never worked closely with the principal or the secretary on the, like, day-to-day Running. stuff. I was like, we should probably write down where, like, who rings, and should we mark down what letters we put? We hadn't a clue. So you start everything from year. scratch. I love that. Yeah. I love I love administration. Like I did that for three years. I think that's where my organization skills come from. Yes. Like I have everything filed and ready to go like and I would think about those daily tasks where it's like okay you know um are we going to mark down if you know what's in the first aid kit where is that going to be stored like little everyday things that people need to know so this and this that, excites yeah, it, me it was, it was a big challenge and yeah. it's st- so now we're still not in our in our permanent building so we now have up to fifth class and we're still in we're still adding classrooms every every year and with every classroom that goes in you're looking at alarms and wi-fi and interactive boards and ordering furniture so it's developing physically and that Mm -hmm. takes up a lot of headspace but also it's developing in terms of staff 
So you're interviewing every summer to try and find the perfect teachers. And Mm. then every teacher has to like settle into a new school, learn about multi-D, figure out GMGY, figure out how we approach all of our subjects. So there's just a lot of, um, there's just a lot of work. But what it does through give, a pandemic as well, just the <laughs> icing on the cake. <laughs> and yeah, like but everyone, like it's a great sense of, I suppose, community then. And I would say our staff here are just exceptional, but it's mm. probably because we've been through. They're like our, our Wi-Fi went down for a week there. And I actually, at the end of the week, I was like, lads, I have to buy you chocolate because nobody complained. Everyone just like Got kept the head down. We just hotspotted out of our phones until we could get it fixed. There's just a great sense of, community and yeah like it's 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 busy and I was teaching up until I was a teaching principal until the end of 20 um say June 2019 and then we came back and we had a WSE literally like a month into that that year and then we ended up in a in a pandemic so I'm hoping this might be my first full year as an admin principal so yeah developing schools I would recommend to any of anyone listening that gets an opportunity to apply or work for what work in one amazing opportunities for promotion and also amazing opportunities to like develop leadership just in your classroom and in your subject area because everybody is new so you know our nqts here have brought the best ideas so Mm -hmm. it's not i suppose the same as going into a school that's existed and has been there for 50 years where you have people who are you know different levels of seniority and you have to work your way up Mm very very open I think we could do a whole episode on top tips for for developing your school (laughs) there you go what I will say now that I have a forum for it is if anybody here is applying to an educate together anyone listening or a community national school the number of times I've opened applications and said if I could just go to the colleges and say it so I'm going to say it here yeah like tailor your application for a multi-d school because if you write down I will uphold your Catholic ethos like straight away you're falling down at the first fence Mm. and so like just say I want to work in a multi-day school but also I think that all of the new schools all of our multi-day schools are very proud of who we are Mm. and I get some exceptional application forms who have clearly spent time looking at the Facebook page and looking at Instagram and researching what we've done Mm. and show a desire to be part of it Mm. it's just worth the time because we could get 300 applications in the door yeah so to stand out there you have to want to work in that school and applying to a multi-d school and saying that you have a deep faith and that you're looking forward to upholding the catholic ethos straight away you're not going to even make a short list yeah. so it's just worth taking time yeah absolutely i think that's like absolute valuable information just now you're mentioning um you know applying for jobs like so what advice would you give for those um answering the ethos question in an interview yeah well look i do think and i don't know what it is in hibernia but i know the multi-d module in lots of the colleges is still optional mm-hmm. um which i think is a pity but um i we don't learn really much about yeah. it yeah yeah i know that um like some of my teachers would have attended lectures where like educate together um representatives or cns representatives representatives would have come in yeah but i would say think about it sit and think about why a multi-d school would suit you and if you feel that you want to be part of that then express that in it so it's about i mean obviously as a cns 
we're standing for equality and celebrating diversity and like seeing everybody for the value that they bring and not you know like there is there can be a view sometimes that like having children who speak EAL might like that are learning English as a second language that, that could be like a, a deficit that could be a you know a disadvantage in your classroom whereas in a CNS we're really trying to say right these people these children are coming to school with two languages already yeah, at five years of age let's see what they so, can bring yeah like so not having a deficit view of anybody yeah. so I think that putting down on paper your desire to work in a school that celebrates diversity and that celebrates individuality and really look at the school and see what have they done that you think you'd like to be part of. Mm. I think that's really, really important for principals to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's excellent. Um, valuable information, Teresa. Just um, we're moving on just to the last bit now of the episode. Um, are you, have you any like classroom top tips like setting up like I know you're saying like you're not in your your permanent um building yeah. just yet so I suppose you're you know you're still not you personally but your school's still finding you know their feet but what would be some classroom tips you'd say to your teachers oh yeah well I suppose my biggest tip always always is that teaching is not about twinkle it's not about resources it's mm-hmm. not about having the nicest prettiest folder it's nice if you do teaching is about connections and relationships mm-hmm. and taking time to create those connections and especially with the children that you find it most difficult to create those connections with they're the most important ones so i think that that's the very first thing is that if you just take the pressure off yourself to have your walls twinkled out to the max and Mm -hmm. think that the most important thing are the children sitting in front of you and i would say secondly your contact time with those children is invaluable Mm -hmm. so you have them for you know five hours a day really and that every minute of that five hours should be spent looking for some some way to to support them. Mm. And I, I it was this it was that first principal that I met that was here before me. I saw her working, and literally she never stopped with children. She was always, always, always sitting down beside a child. And I thought that's what I and I I thought I had been pretty good in my contact time, but there's always more, because if you really want to hear every child read, if you really want to, you know, you might have a child in your class that say if you've infants might need to push on phonics there isn't support for everyone to get what they need from an set all the time Mm. so from a class teacher's point of view making full use of contact time yeah it's tiring but Mm. it's so worth it absolutely i'd have to totally agree like you know even now when i'm subbing like i i'm working closely with fourth class and you know they might not get it when it's up on the board but when i sit down beside them and i do it they're like oh this just makes sense I think it's sometimes getting looking at it on the board and then seeing it in front of them on the page can be two different worlds Mm -hmm. so you know everyone learns in different ways so I think that's um I think that's valuable information again have you got any resources that you can't live without as a principal (laughs) books (laughs) always reading books I think that I I just think the most important thing is to read to your class every day yeah so there are loads of other things you have to do um but I think that filling your classroom with books that you like and that they like so Mm -hmm. not just any books and like I I really I find it very difficult walking into classrooms if like the library isn't attractive or if there aren't read alouds visible for them to see because it's so easy to fall into the trap of getting too busy but Mm -hmm. some children might not hear any 
any book read aloud unless you read it to them mm. but also like allowing children to choose what books they want and to and i know that i before this i was speaking to you about trassa bow from between the covers oh, of a, a good book she's the queen um, of literacy and yeah, english oh, she's and unbelievable. Yeah, but her her point and it, i've taken it so much on board and the teachers here too about yeah. engaging in conversations with your children about books that you're enjoying and what books would they enjoy and what book would they recommend to their friend who's finding it difficult because I think the value that you as a teacher place on different things has an immense effect on the children in your class. So mm. if you're a teacher who really values everyone sitting down and listening and say beautiful handwriting, your class will start to give you that. Mm. And if you're a teacher who values books and reading and, you know, storytelling, your children will start to enjoy it. Even the ones yeah. that came to you that didn't really, it's just about, um, and I think that reading is is the key to so much. All of the research shows us that children who are reading well, they just succeed. Yeah, and some children are so fortunate to come from families where their parents read to them every night yeah. and, you know, but others don't. Yeah. So I think it's our responsibility to open that world up to them. Yeah, even like my own experience when I was in primary school, I think of the, the girls that, I went to school with and always the ones that always had a book in their hand not to say that everyone in my class hasn't hasn't succeeded of course they have but like particularly like like just one girl comes to mind like she would have always been reading and she's actually a teacher now um and like that I think it's really important even like it doesn't even have to be books it can be comics it can be you know blogs just reading Mm -hmm. Reading. Just reading, yeah, and I suppose newspapers, anything, and reading for pleasure. So reading because it's something that excites them. I bought this fifth and fourth and fifth last year graphic novels, and they are they've literally got waiting lists now for the graphic novels, and they adore them. So that's just it. Just opens their it opens up their world for them. So yeah. always books. That would be the first thing I would tell everyone to do. And I think another tip from Trassa is to read the books yourself. So yeah. start getting into, if you want, if you're reading, I don't know, Boy in the Girl's Bathroom, whatever you're reading, um, read it first, see what you think of it. And there are books you won't enjoy and books that you will. But I think that taking time to immerse yourself in their world of books will really help to like inspire them, especially if you're talking about yeah. the older classes. Yeah. Yeah. On school placement, I was re- we were doing art of writing and I was reading a bit of um, Matilda and I I just had that moment where I was like, oh my god, like this is this is my dream job. Do you know, one of my favorite <laughs> films ever is Matilda. I'm not really. I was never a book lover in school. Like I'll happily admit that. And I would. I like to read. I enjoy like reading out loud. But reading for pleasure, I probably wouldn't. But I'd read other things. Do you know, I'd read yeah. blogs or I'd read um just you know captions of stuff i enjoy reading and that yeah yeah and, and it, to be fair Haley, you don't have all that much time no <laughs> not at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah well i do reading for my thesis that's about it for the moment but <laughs> different type of reading yeah, yeah, yeah like that i remember sitting down i sat i brought i brought a chair i sat in the middle of the room and i sat there reading matilda and some of the kids had never heard like never read matilda never watched the movie and i knew the car i know the character so well so like they were just sitting there in total silence, like six classes in total silence, just loving it, having mm. a great time. And like, I'd stop and I'd question like, okay, what do you think about that? Or, you know, what does that word mean? And it's just, it's really, I don't know. It was just, some, it was magical really. Like, and I remember when I left, I gave them all um, bookmarks with your name on it. And it was like a nice Roald Dahl quote. I can't remember it now off the top of my head. I have it on my laptop somewhere. But um, 
yeah they I think they just loved the little you know the Roald Dahl quote and you know Miss Myers go she read us a bit of a Roald Dahl book and they just loved the connection it's a lovely memory yeah, yeah it's a absolutely um Teresa do you have uh oh also just before I go on to my next question um we will link um I will link uh between the covers of a good book in the caption of this episode and as well as that I'll also link the goodness me goodness you program too for anyone that wants to go check that out and also all Teresa's links will be um linked below as well but I just had a a question just on what your funniest teacher moment was just on the (laughs) point where we were sharing you know what I was sharing a a good memory that I had (laughs) so I like I have I was saying to my deputy earlier I was like god funny moments I have way too many of them because every day you get um you'd be anything could happen mm. uh, children commenting on the, your roots like why your hair is black um <laughs> and you're yeah <laughs> it's windy day they're like why is the back of your hair black and the front is yellow but um <laughs> and like at principal's awards it's when it's for me now at the moment it's when children say things in the principal's awards and the teacher is in stitches behind the mask and you're just trying to keep a straight face but i do have one little girl at the moment in the mornings i stand at the gate and every morning she's such a sweet little thing in senior infants she like comments she makes a nice comment about something i'm wearing she's like oh Mr. Teresa, i love your boots or Mr. Teresa, i love your dress or Mr. Teresa, your nails but today i'm in activewear yeah and sometimes we were activewear and she really it, it just dumps her so she stops at the gate and she's like Mr. Teresa, i love your and then she starts to look me up and down and she just keeps looking up and down and she'll say earrings in other words <laughs> like you have failed today woman yeah <laughs> so um i just think that that is the joy so sometimes say a principal's some people say principal's job is so hard and it's very stressful but i think we're so fortunate to work in a job where it is stressful at times but there is such a quick access to joy so there are times when i have the worst meetings here or i get awful news about staffing or after having an argument on the phone with someone who's after like you know telling you your building isn't ready yes (laughs) all you do you just slip into that junior infant classroom and it's immediate joy Joy. yeah it's just joy so we're very very fortunate to be in a job that allows so much happiness you know i love that is there any quotes that keep you know your motivation high and this sense of joy that that you know principalship brings to you um well i have it here behind my desk actually comparison is a thief of joy is always the one that i think is relevant to every situation in your life mm. because i think generally we can be quite content um and mm. like when say when i was thinking would i be a principal i was immediately comparing my view of myself to yeah. like what i had seen in very successful principals yeah. before me mm. uh that isn't helpful it's just not helpful you and it's just anything that happens now, you know, you get your results and then someone else gets a little bit better. You were totally happy with your results until somebody else got better. Mm. It just, comparison takes all of the goodness out of everything. So if you can just be happy in your own lane, life is so much easier for you. Yeah, I'd have to absolutely agree. Just before we finish off the episode, Teresa, just um, if you have any questions for me and as well, if you have any questions for the listeners that you'd like to ask. Yeah, I suppose the big one I think is about understanding about what multi-D education stands for. And do people feel that they are sufficiently prepared for it in college? Mm -hmm. Or do people feel that it's something that should be developed further? Because 
I do think Ireland is changing. And I yeah. think that um, it's something that I didn't know anything about really. And I probably had a very different notion of what it would look like. And mm -hmm. I had a, a preconceived notion of what an educate together would, I had, a, I had it all wrong in my head. Yeah. So I think that um, that's probably the one thing I'd love to know from the wider audience yeah. is do people feel that they understand what it's all about? Absolutely. And I'll put that up. And I think that's a great question. And maybe if people have any preconceptions about it too, we can, you know, have it definitely have another episode on that Absolutely. and, you know, break it down. Um, because there's so much to learn, isn't it? Oh, there's like, an awful lot. I only, like, I didn't even touch the surface there, really. That was, yeah. it's such a, it's such a deep conversation, really. But that's the general overview. Yeah. Very good. Have you any questions for myself? Well, I suppose um, in your yourself, I suppose in terms of your own experience now, yeah. do you feel that you would be looking for jobs in any particular ethos or are you sure that it would be Catholic or have you any thoughts yourself on that? I don't think I want to limit myself. I think yeah. I still like, I'm not even like in the classroom a year. I, I have been very lucky to get experience in an Educate Together and in a Catholic school, in a mixed Catholic school, in a Desh Catholic school, in an all girls and an all boys Catholic school. So mm -hmm. I have, you know, got different experience like and I've enjoyed all of my my teaching, like whether it's subbing or school placements. Mm -hmm. I don't want to limit myself because I find that, you know, when it when opportunities come to you that you don't expect I feel like everything happens for a reason. Do you know, like I don't anticipate that I'll ever be a principal, but you know, like my, my college group always joke and say like, oh, Hayley, why are you giving out about that? You're going to be running the skill. Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> that's right. And I suppose every school is different. It's not always about ethos. Every school yeah. has their own feeling. Totally. And certainly in terms of, if you even get me started on women not believing that they could be leaders, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, self-limiting beliefs are, are, are harmful as well. So yeah shoot for the stars absolutely thanks so much Teresa if you just like to finish off the episode and let people know where they can find you oh um so I do have an Instagram page it's journey of a primary principal um and it is a lot of quotes and talking about like women in leadership and I suppose really some of the day-to-day -day running of my school and like I suppose the reason we set that up in the first place the reason I felt it was even necessary was because I felt like a principal's role was often I felt like it was behind a closed door so mm -hmm. it was to kind of open that a little bit and share my journey